0: This episode of Elevate Your Leadership has been brought to you in part by iFly Virginia Beach Indoor Skydiving. At iFly Virginia Beach, we bring people together through the dream of flight. Check out our corporate events to include on-site leadership training. Visit iFlyVABeach.com. That's iFlyVABeach.com.
1: In this series, entrepreneurs, industry executives, academics, public figures, and other highly effective professionals share their formulas for success with you.
0: Hey, good day, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Elevate Your Leadership with yours truly, Bob Pizzini. I love to do interviews and provide discussions that bring value to leaders. You know, leadership is a perishable skill. And I think good leaders revisit the basics of leadership all the time, which is why I have Elevate Your Leadership. Today, I have a special guest, the mayor of Virginia Beach, Mayor Bobby Dyer. Good afternoon, mayor.
2: Hey, good afternoon. It's an honor and privilege to be here.
0: We've been trying to set this up for a long time. I've known the mayor for a number of years now, and leadership is very important to me as everybody knows. And if it wasn't for my belief in leadership, I would not own and operate a multimillion dollar business in Virginia Beach and I would not have elevate your leadership, which is the offering uh, that I bring to everybody. But leadership is also important to our mayor, not only because he's our mayor and he's uh, led us through some pretty tough times, but his study is really rooted in leadership, His, uh, his PhD. And if you know anything about my approach to leadership, I have three pillars that all good leaders have, and that is education, experience, and training. In the mayor's case, he has a PhD in leadership. I'm going to ask you about that, why you decided to do that. But before I do, let me just say that I've got a graduate degree and I looked at getting a Ph.D., When I saw the requirements, I was immediately cured of any desire to get a PhD. So welcome again, Mayor. And why and how did you decide to get a PhD in leadership?
2: Well, basically, I was exposed to leadership at first when I uh, dropped out of high school back in 1968 and uh, joined the Marine Corps. And that was my introduction to being led, but then also becoming a leader. And then as uh, I went to visit a friend of mine that became wounded in Vietnam, I decided I wanted to be a physical therapist. And then I went ahead and became a department head, but then I got my master's in public administration. And then I eventually rose through the ranks and became an assistant administrator in a hospital And before I moved to Virginia Beach, vice president of administration at Meadowlands Hospital in Secaucus. But when I got down here, I started teaching college and I needed a PhD in something to have the basic qualifications to teach. And at the time, Regent University just started a brand new organizational leadership program. So I took that, but boy, did I learn a lot. And when people ask, how was it in 2004 you were able to win an election, nobody ever thought you could win, basically raising $22,000. Well, I had some formal training in things like effective communication, persuasion, motivation, and effectively understanding how organizations function and the role of a leader. But one of the things I found out that anybody can be a leader or call themselves a leader during good times, but it's when those challenging times rise. That's where I think true leadership emerges. And then you have to rely on your experience and all your skill sets that you've acquired over the years that you pull together. And a lot of it, people skills and being a physical therapist and working literally while I was working on my doctorate and even as mayor, I had to make a living. We're only part-timers. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I've literally been in thousands of homes and working with people. So being a leader, as you know, between being a manager and a leader, sure, it, sure. trust me, th- those skill sets got me through some tough times,
0: Bob. Yeah. The manager-leader discussion, I'm surprised it's people are still confused about that. For me, it's so simple and so crystal clear. People want to be led. They don't want to be managed processes and programs are managed and people are led. If you're in charge of anybody other than yourself, you're a leader and leadership training and leadership education is key. What's your foundation? What are your guiding principles in in leadership in, in good times and in bad?
2: Well, i tell you what, you have to be a innovator, you have to have a vision, and you have to find that common beacon that people could all follow. You can't use your vision. It can't be about me. It's got to be about we. It's got to be about the, the organization that you're trying to do. And surrounding yourself with the right people, with the right skill sets to do the mission. And to have a uh, observable mission statement that's achievable, that people can buy into you know, you tr- empower people. That people don't want to be the old bureaucratic model of production, working on a line. If you look at uh, things like Lean Six Sigma that go forward, they actually went down to the line and asked people how they can uh, manufacture cars better and simpler using tools of delegation and empowerment, and making people feel like they're part of the organization. And Bob, I developed what I call the alarm clock test. Are the people that you're working with and working for you and with you, when the alarm clock goes off, do they want to get up and come to work or they keep on hitting the snooze button? They and can't wait to get to work. You're doing your job because other people are allowed to do theirs.
0: The alarm clock test. I love that. Glassdoor did a study in 2019. They took six factors in the workplace and they ranked them. They did a survey and said, what matters most in the workplace? And of the six factors, culture and values was the factor that mattered most to everybody. The number two was senior leadership. And surprisingly, pay and compensation was number six on that list. Let's go back to number one and number two. Culture and values, number one, your alarm clock test. And senior leadership, number two, what enables culture and values? Senior leaders enable that. They create that and they enable that. So that was a 2019 study, not only in the U.S. It was in the U.K., France, Germany, and Canada. And the results were the same in every country. It's really remarkable. The alarm clock test, I like that. You mentioned time in the Marine Corps. Yeah, you know, I'm a retired military guy, obviously. I believe strongly in the military and in veterans and I love living in Virginia Beach and being part of our community. Tell me about your military experience.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, that's when I learned how to get along with people. You know, (laughs) when you're living with 79 other people on a squad bay, then everybody's, you know, from a different part of the country with different tastes of music. Back in 1968, I went in a uh, tumultuous time. We are right in the middle of the Tet Offensive.
0: Vietnam. It was right
2: after Martin Luther King was tragically assassinated. While I was at Paris Island, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. There were protests, anti-military and things going on, but we learned to rely on each other. That's where I learned about unity and brotherhood. Once again, and a lot of times at a couple of recent interviews when people say, how, how do you get through the challenges that you have gone through? But I remember as a scared, dare I say, a little uh, chunky overweight guy at 17 at Paris Island, when I saw that confidence course and you look at it and say, my God, how am I going to possibly be able to do that? Somehow you do. And as soon as you finish it and you're smiling the drill instructor say, "Hey, you did great. Do it again." And so, you know, when I'm confronted with those challenges, you know, I look at it and say, "Boy, it seems insurmountable at first, but you know, somehow you find a way." And leaders don't do things by themselves. Anybody thinks that they can uh, be a mayor by him or herself without relying on a team without building a bridge with your council members, with your your staff members, your your management team, but also working with the people of Virginia Beach. I call it the island unto myself theory of management cannot exist and you can be an effective
0: mayor. As you were talking about completing the the obstacle course and how am I going to get through this, I flash back to my military days and it was my teammates who got me through it. And of course You went there in your discussion and said, you got to surround yourself by the right people. But there's no doubt that having a strong, effective team is really what makes things happen. If you say who invented the light bulb, everybody says Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison actually led a team of researchers who developed the light bulb. Most things in this world of great achievement were achieved or accomplished by a team of people. Obviously, with leadership, but very seldom does one individual create these these great things in the world. Have you noticed what years did you serve again in the military?
2: Sixty-eight to seventy-two. And went to St. Louis University under the GI Bill.
0: You know, I benefited from uh, the modern-day version of the GI Bill as well. The, my military service and the fact that I was able to get my education and you know serve twenty-six years was incredible. During your tenure as mayor, obviously, you have led this city through some pretty difficult situations. I think your first big challenge would have been the May 31st, 2019 mass shooting, which was we're still dealing with, and you're still leading people through that. Uh, and then, obviously, the COVID situation. Now, I'm a business owner here in Virginia Beach, and I have to say that I participated in phone calls with Congresswoman Loria and Senators Kane and Warner, and you and every other city council member and the governor. And I know you participated at a much higher level in all those discussions. But as a business owner at the oceanfront and a member of the Hotel Association and the Restaurant Association, shout out to Diana Burke and Stacey Shiflet. Restaurants took it, I think, the hardest. Hotels. Yes, Yeah, hotels, everybody felt some pain, but we're getting through this so far, comparative to the rest of the country. How do you think we're doing compared to the rest of the country, and where are we headed in the near future?
2: Well, I think the other thing about leadership is the willingness and ability to work collaboratively, even with people of different mindsets, and coming, figuring out what you have in common going forward. I was asked recently, am I a Republican? You know, the race right now does have a partisan slant. And I said proudly, yes, I am a Reagan Republican. And what do I mean by that? He was able to work with Tip O'Neill over a bottle of scotch and get things accomplished. (laughs) And when it came time to open the beaches here, I reached out to uh, the governor, who's the opposite party, and established a rapport. And got together with a remarkable management team at both in the community and at City Hall. And we were able to convince the governor to open the beaches. And even before that, we were able to get the patios opened and, uh, you know, just by calling a special session and doing things. The governor even acknowledged that we were the template of how to get beaches open. And he said they use this nationally. And then he invited me up to the press conference and we were able to open safely. But then part two, uh, we also had the uh, civil unrest that we had to contend with. But, you know, getting the beaches open by Memorial Day was paramount. Then going forward, making sure that things were not disrupted on uh, July 4th and Labor Day, our police, who are magnificent, did Mm -hmm. a tremendous job. The thing is, when we were looking at the projections in the summer back in March, April, you know, it was not a good outlook. It was not a good projection. But what happened was that we just got acknowledged that we were the number one, the hotel system in Virginia Beach was number one in the country for percentage of occupancy in the Mm -hmm. nation. Yeah. Uh, Because, and that was all collaborative work. This was not about Bobby D being the mayor. This was about we coming together as a collective, once again, with that unified vision and just willingness to work with each other. And we need more of that in this country these days.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the other things I thought, you talked about coming together, we did the Visit Norfolk Virginia Beach campaign. I think that was tremendously successful, and I, I hope we do that going forward. I think by combining the forces of Norfolk and Virginia Beach and our CVBs, I think there's a lot of power there, and it gives the tourists more options. You know, they'll, they'll get more out of their visit if we look at the resources and the assets of Norfolk and Virginia Beach.
2: Part of the leadership thing, I had to step forward and I was the deciding vote on bringing the money forward before the budget came in. So it allowed the implementation of the joint advertising situation with Norfolk to come forward. And by being able and marketing even to locals that may live in Hampton or Newport News or Yorktown, hey, guess what? You got a resort like 45 minutes away come out. and, But once again, Bob, I'm just telling you that this was a united effort by folks like yourself, the Hotel Association, the Chamber, and all the folks coming together, this was a we effort that proved to be successful.
0: I think it was. And and I have to say I enjoyed participating. You know, when I left active duty, there's, there's a void there. right? I, I, my brothers and sisters in arms for 26 years. And I have to say that especially going through this crisis, uh, as we're still going through with the business community and other aspects of the community, the school system, we have this great relationship with SeaTac Elementary it's really filled the void that, that leaving the military has left. So it's it's wonderful to participate with everybody. I want to ask you about the unfortunate events of May 31st. I don't want to go back and relive that day, but I but I want to know where we are as a community. Is there still work to be done there? Or are we healed? Or what's, what's the disposition?
2: Well, obviously, it is and will remain the darkest day in the history of Virginia Beach. But once again, you, you have to confront the adversity and try to turn it into opportunity, whatever way you can. And be assured we're in the process now and putting again, COVID held up our plans to put in a suitable memorial, but don't forget, it was uh, not only the 12 that were tragically slain and the four that were unfortunately wounded, but there were over 300 people in the building at the time that witnessed the horror that went on. And we have to embrace all of those individuals and their families in perpetuity. Let me just say this, that what we saw was an outpouring of love, not only from the people in Virginia Beach, but the Commonwealth, our neighbors in Hampton Roads, and and our nation are coming together. But the one thing I learned is that number one, Virginia Beach is a city of heroes. The four officers that went into the building with an active shooter at first, you know, they never worked with each other, but they were magnificently trained. And they were followed in by fellow police officers, sheriffs, EMS people that got people out. And these are the folks that's, and the 911 people, let's not forget those. And these are the people that serve us 24-7 And that's why we are still regarded as the safest city in this nation. But when you think about that and the military presence and veterans like yourself that not only serve here, but retire here, we're the number one city for military veterans living in. We are indeed a city of heroes. The thing I found out and I have said often that the strength of Virginia Beach is the people of Virginia Beach, the people that have come together together. We are a faith-based community of many faiths that are the glue that holds this city together. But once again, if you give people the common purpose that they're proud of their city, they want to live here, they want to help their neighbors, the mantra going forward is that we do have the ability to be the template for the rest of this nation on how a community can come together through multiple difficulties and unite with our police department and as a society where we focus on what we have in common. We practice random acts of kindness on each other and that we are the pillars of civility and responsibility and just taking care of each other, that defines Virginia Beach.
0: I love our police fire EMS. One of my employees, female, actually became a firefighter. Uh, She completed her firefighter academy about six months or so ago and I feel like a proud father. She's a brilliant young lady to begin with. And uh, the fact that she felt this call to duty and she's a tough young lady and uh, I'm just so glad to have her on our team. And I will say one other thing about the city. You know, I served for 26 years. I lived all over the country and all over the world. My wife and I, when it was time to retire, we said, okay, where are we gonna retire to? And we looked at socioeconomic factors and we looked at school systems and we looked at parks, you know, not only city parks, but state parks. We looked at the quality of life across the country and it's pretty good. Good in a lot of places, and we chose Virginia Beach. We thought this was the best place to raise our kids, and so far, so good. It's uh, you know that decision was made 15 years ago.
2: We live in a resort where people pay big bucks to come, and my goodness, we're hop, skip, and to jump from a great ocean, a town center, an agricultural area, rec centers, great library system, great school system. But once again, it's a sense of community that it's rough to find in many places.
0: You know, I'm a skydiver, as you know, and uh, every now and then when we when we get up in the airplane, we get up to altitude. We think we can see the Rocky Mountains. So so we may have a view of the Rockies from here, too. You never know.
2: Well, listen, I am not going to jump out of a perfectly good uh, airplane.
0: Yeah. Well, no such thing as a perfectly good airplane. At least uh, <laughs> that's my thought there. Hey, last thing for you, three great achievements. We'll wrap up the the B2, the the two Bobs having a discussion here with your three great achievements after 50.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, it really seems, um, I I have a joke about myself. I had attention deficit disorder before they knew what it was when I was a kid. I studied under the sisters of perpetual guilt. Didn't need the (laughs) Ritalin or anything. The things I did after 50, I got my PhD. I got married to the love of my life, my first marriage and then getting elected to office. So the joke is I really didn't do squat my first half century, but I'm trying to make up after that.
0: (laughs) Well, way to go. I think you're doing a great job making up for it. Hey, not to one up you because I love your USMC hat and I have the greatest respect for Marines. I've served with Marines all over the world and they are as tough as their reputation makes them out to be. But I also served at EOD Mobile Unit 8 in Italy. (laughs) so, since you got your military hat, I thought I'd throw my military hat on. this was This was actually where I met my wife. She uh, she was stationed at the Naval Hospital in Sigonella in Sicily, Italy. So, two Bobs wearing two great military hats.
2: I'll tell you what. We're part of a proud fraternity. and, uh... I think both Bobs have one thing in common, that the military provided a solid foundation for us for success moving forward.
0: Oh, man, we could do a whole nother 60-minute discussion on that alone. Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, and good luck with everything you have going on.
2: Hey, thank you. And God bless. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. To contact Bob directly or to learn more about how Bob can advance you and your organization through leadership training, team building, executive coaching, and public speaking, visit RobertPazzini.com, Robert P-I-Z-Z-I-N-I dot com and connect with him on LinkedIn.